Hello, and welcome to the Space Cave, a big warg to all of you Spaceburgers out there. Hope you're getting by in the world as it's changing every day. Hope you're hanging in there. It looks like we're going to be headed toward another stay-at-home order pretty soon, but for the time being, uh, that's not the case. We'll find out more about it in this episode, at least to some degree, how it is in the hospital, checking back in with an ER doctor. Before we do that, I want to say hello to new Patreon people, Kaylee Olds and Miles Bramble. Guys, we are inching ever closer to 50 patrons. And uh, I really sincerely appreciate it. Every single person who contributes any amount, it makes the show that much easier to do. Uh, it helps with beer and uh, playing for music and just web hosting, the general stuff, technology that goes along with it, and just overall keeping ads off the show. This show is ad-free. I hope you like it. As I mentioned, here is a check back in. We, at, the, at the beginning of the pandemic, when everyone was kind of just figuring out what it was going on, before we were seasoned pros like we are now, where we're just like, oh yeah, we just live in a pandemic all the time, we called and checked in with Dr. Patrick Hughes, and now that we are a few months away from that, check back in. See how it's going. Is there reason for optimism? Is there reason for doom and gloom? Find out all about it. So enjoy with Dr. Patrick Hughes. <laughs> how the times have changed. I have... You grow an actual beard. I grow like a scraggly uh, Unabomber beard. That's a beautiful beard. Don't hey. let... Hey, thanks, Don't let man. your negative self-image affect it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a beautiful beard. Thanks, buddy. I look, man. I I yeah, I shaved and it's fucking traumatic. I hate it. You do? I think you look good. I feel like I'm a lot chubbier underneath that beard than I realized. <laughs> I can I'm never tell. Now, like like whenever I whenever I grow up my facial hair, sometimes like I'll see in photos, I'll be like, oh man, I look like pretty gaunt you know i can see like my cheekbones and stuff and then i'll shave it off i'm like oh no i'm <laughs> i've gained some weight if anything <laughs> no, it hides it yeah it, it really does yeah it does a good job it's it's unfair that like women are so much more interested it seems like in changing up their looks and then men can like dramatically do it by doing nothing yeah you just yeah. have to like oh, i just didn't groom Shaved. yeah pretty it's nice just... Yeah, man. Yeah, I either shaved or I didn't for a long time. <laughs> you kept it up, man. The uh, I thought like last time we talked and you're like, yeah, my fucking mask didn't even work, so I'm um, I'm going back yeah. to the beard. But you didn't. I figured out a different mask that worked. Oh, nice. Yeah. So you don't wear your woodworking stuff anymore. I do the woodworking one. That's what I do. Oh, nice. I have like um, I do the the elastic woodworking respirator deal mm -hmm. and so that has like such a tighter seal than an n95 yeah your you patients like must think you're like fucking darth vader coming in there yeah they can't hear you at all <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's not great no they're like am i gonna live or die <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right <laughs> exactly how have you been good man uh we went up in the mountains did i tell you about my chainsaw stuff yeah Oh, dude, I got, uh, I got really what? into just trying to find, I mean, this didn't start as like a purposeful thing. I don't know what, if so many people were doing spring cleaning or just quarantine cleaning. Every time we went on walks, 
I'd be like, well, that's a that's a nice piece of furniture, and someone just chucked it out. And typically, it would be like a leg was broken, or there's a chip out of it, or something. So I started just grabbing stuff and dragging it to our house, which was <laughs> starting to pile up and look pretty insane. And then I like took it all apart and I piled it up in various places. And then, I, but I was still kind of shaping up what I wanted to do. And then it kind of occurred to me, like, oh, I want to try to make or like redo our garage area and make a, the desk we had, if I was like pounding anything on it, it was just flimsy, you know, like um, particle board. Yeah. So I was like, I want to make something that's a little more substantial. And then it turned from that into like, I want to make something strictly out of shit that I found. So then we're walking, or I think I was on a jog one day and I saw this enormous, no joke, it's like a four by 14 by 20 feet long. And I think what happened is like a construction crew was going to use it. It was, I think it was meant to be like an exposed beam in a house, you know, like a really pretty, uh, like almost like a girder. Holy like a, shit. A it was just a solid thing. chunk of wood? Huge solid chunk of, I think, Douglas fir sitting there. Yes. And it had been sitting there for a long time. You could tell it had kind of like settled and warped a little bit into the ground that it was on. And it had an exposed crack. And I think that's why they didn't use it. I think uh, they, they got there to use it. And then they were like, oh, there's this crack. And then wherever they ordered it from, it was like, we'll bring you a new one. Don't worry about it. And then yeah. they just left that one. So I kept an eye on it for like a couple of weeks. Like, well, you know, that must be that, that house that it belongs to or something. But it was, it was in the area where you would throw out like, here's a chair I don't need. And people put it out yeah. and someone grabs it. So then my mom was like, I have a chainsaw. And I was like, well, that's convenient. I, uh, yeah, I yeah. am in the need of a chainsaw. And then I got this chainsaw and I, I knew it hadn't run in a while. Uh, and I watched a video that was the wrong video to start with. Cause it was like, if you have this additive, you can just add it to the fuel that's in there, even if it's bad, but this fuel is probably no. like at least 10 years old. No shit. And so I poured in this additive, which made the engine start. But I think it sucked all this bad fuel, like through the filter and into the carburetor. So then I spent like two weeks learning shit. every fucking part of this chainsaw, I'd take it apart and like work on the carburetor and put it back together on and on. But anyway, I got that all fixed that's up. That's tight. It was great, man. And then I cut up that piece of wood and then brought it home. And then I cut up, uh, we went to the mountains this past weekend and I cut up like actual logs. It was great. So, <laughs> Have you, did you ever chainsaw before that? I don't know. I think I've used a chainsaw before that. Like my dad had one or I'd help like, you know, with some friends, we'd be up in the mountains. Like you want to give it a try. So it was never more than like a couple of cuts, you know, like I think I did a, a few cuts when I was a kid. We went uh, to get some firewood and I did some cutting, but it had been a long time. So I knew how to use it. I knew how they worked, but uh, getting it up and running feels a little bit more like, I've become one of those weird car guys, like driving down the road, like listening, like she's a little off, you know, like <laughs> now the chain needs to be sharpened. So I, I've, I've spent a lot of oh, mental shit. energy, like imagining cut, cause the chain is really dull. It sucks cutting with a dull chainsaw. You gotta like saw through it. Like you're yeah. cutting through steak or something. Are you going to bring it to somebody to get it sharpened or what are you going to do? No, no God, no. I've come this far. I got to do it myself. 
I, uh, the only thing I would have someone else do is I think I need an impact tool to take off this, the sprocket, change the sprocket where like the chain connects. And that might help with like when it idles, the chain's not supposed to move, but currently my chain runs, which is really dangerous. Like if you set it down, the chain's just uh, running. Um, but otherwise, it, yeah, like <laughs> I got a little file so I can sharpen it myself. I think I'll figure it out. Which I should have just done when I was up there. I just didn't really have the time nice. to sit there and sharpen it. And I didn't want to do it at night when we were sitting around the fire. It's just so creepy to look over and a guy's just sharpening a chainsaw. That's awesome. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I chainsawed for like the first time earlier this summer. Oh, sweet. And it was definitely, it was intimidating. Really? Well, how long was the bar? I don't know. What's that? Like on the chainsaw, how long was the bar that you were using? Uh, I think it's like 20, 20 inches or so, maybe. Oh, yeah, that's I don't know, but it's just like, it's just like, uh, I could eat, like, if this got out of control, I could just fucking go through half my leg. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was getting a little squirrely with mine where I'd like prop my leg up and, you know, to brace a log I was cutting. And then it's when you cut through it that the the blade is loose and kind of swinging around. And I would always be like, I need to develop a better method here because you can't really make a mistake and learn from it. You just make a mistake and then you don't have a kneecap anymore. Exactly. (laughs) But 20 inches, that's a huge saw. Like mine's only, maybe it's not that big. I don't know. Yeah. I think you should start with, they should have everyone learn with like a 12 inch blade. Cause then you're like, you feel, Oh yeah, I get it. And then as you go up from there, like some people cut with these like 30 inch or longer, yeah. crazy yeah. long blades. Like four or five feet long. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And maybe that's safer. Cause then if it starts getting squirrely, it just hits the ground. It's so long. Mine's probably the least safe. Cause it's, it can really, I could really do some damage. But again, the, the change is dull as hell. Does it have that, uh, I don't know what it's called, but that safety bar where like, no, uh, if it kicks back too much, it automatically stops. Yeah. I've seen a lot of those. Like the bar stop is pretty sweet. I, uh, in my tutorials, I was watching learning how to take apart and fix chainsaws. Uh, a lot of them had that and I was like, Oh, that looks pretty good. Very modern. Like they make chainsaws yeah. now. This one was made in the late seventies. So it's old. And like That's the carburetor, cool. you you got to take off this little cover and adjust all the jets to get it, you know, distributing fuel correctly. Now they'll let you mess with those screws, but they all come with these settings where like you can only do them a certain amount that you have to have a special tool to change it. The chainsaw companies are like, look, we're sick of you idiots screwing it up. You can only move it this amount, which so they're kind of like overly safe now, which a chainsaw should be. Yeah. Over the, oh man, <laughs> overly safe chainsaw. These what? newfangled chainsaws are too, too safe these days. Back in my day, you could take your leg off. <laughs> But yeah, I don't have anything. It doesn't have like a bar guard or anything. So I don't plan to take down anything too challenging. I'm not going to cut down live trees or anything like that. So it's mostly just for like soft woods that have already been dead for a long time. And it cuts you that pretty sweet. Yeah, it's fun. And then maybe I'll get into this doing some sculptures or something. Because like sometimes in woodworking, you know, like have you ever... You get a big piece of wood and you're like, well, I want to cut this pretty. But then say you do it with like a handsaw or something. Or even like... Uh, if you have to use like a circular saw, but then flip the board over, cause it'll only go through like one half at a time. There's sometimes when I'm doing that, like I should just grab my goddamn chainsaw. Cause if you got really good at it, why wouldn't you? You just be like, perfect cut. Yeah. 
That'd be so tight. <laughs> yeah. Not really a finished edge. No. <laughs> yeah, you could leave like an extra, what, 16th or an eighth of an inch out there and then just, I don't know, yeah. sand it, sand the shit out of it. Yeah. Could be That'd done. be cool. Are you do? Are, is the, how are you guys moving? Are you going with like a big ass U-Haul or what's the plan? We got the job is covering it. Whoa! It's crazy. So they're moving everything so, for you. Yeah. Nice. It feels so weird because we've moved like we've moved at least every two years, usually like every year for a, like a decade now. If you mm-hmm. think. Yeah. So, and we always done it ourselves with like U-Haul or just cars, and it's it's crazy cool man yeah. so then you just they just show up to your house pack everything up and are you got to put it in boxes yeah. do you do anything they, they're packing it <laughs> oh yeah the God. job is coming for it to be packed so wow. we're like packing stuff with like underwear <laughs> so that they don't have to touch our underwear <laughs> and like taking some stuff what's up Emily Rose hey I just wanted to come say hi oh is that a pregnant Emily Rose what? yeah that's a pregnant episode. I've never seen a pregnant Emily Rose yeah got these fat cheeks no, you're I've lost all my like cheekbones. Oh, you're crazy! I can't you're really here. Oh yeah. Hello. What's up, buddy? Not much. How are you? When's Good. your last day of work? Saturday. Man, you're working like yeah. right up to the end. Yeah. Well, I thought we weren't moving until like the thirtieth because I I scheduled all this probably like three months ago, uh-huh. and then didn't put it on my calendar and then i had a thing on my calendar saying moving date question mark on the 30th so i figured that's what it was <laughs> <laughs> but that was like a, wait so reason, what did you actually leave I don't know. so i don't know wait what day are you so, actually leaving though well so they're moving we're getting all our shit out of our apartment tomorrow oh and then i work saturday so Britt is just gonna be like sitting around our apartment on a <laughs> air mattress and then we'll leave sunday oh damn yeah that's exciting though i'm excited for your house i'm excited for when we'll be able to make it back to duluth and and see the the new abode yeah. yes i wish you guys should stay with us just make brad and leslie don't <laughs> yeah i mean well we'd sleep in a different room every night we could stay for a week and are you gonna have like a little wood shop set up there what room are you gonna use for that you have a garage or something yeah we have a little we have a it's like a tight two-car garage cool and I'm going to just take it over. Nice. I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to have a full set there. I want like, I'll have my lathe and I like a, uh, like a bandsaw. Cool. Nice. But then, um, very fun. Well, yeah. cool. Just well, like a I'll let you guys space. get back to it. I just wanted to come say hi. No, it's good to see you, buddy. It's good to see you too. Have a safe journey and enjoy the last of your days in Massachusetts. I imagine. Thank you. Uh, You'll be disappointed to say goodbye, but maybe not that disappointed. <laughs> yeah. There's some people on this. Yeah. I'm yeah. excited to get out of Massachusetts in general. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> the Minnesotans I know who moved to Massachusetts aren't huge fans of Massachusetts, so. But. Yeah. There's like, well, I mean, let's just, like, when you think about people from Minnesota, you always hear Minnesota nice. When you think about people from Massachusetts, you always hear Masshole. It's like, <laughs> there's like, yeah. there's a reason there are those. Yeah, uh, that's Reputation. a good point. All right, cool. You guys, I'll talk to you later. Bye. That's okay. What are you talking about? You call something like a mini hole. God, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sick of these friggin' mini holes. These fucking jerks <laughs> got me out from Minnesota. These bricks. Um. All right, you want to get into dog this? Wine to get into the room, and now she's wanting to get out of the room. 
Oh, Freya. I think that's going to be a back and forth. Okay. Um, Patrick Hughes, we're catching back up during the pandemic, which we, it felt like in the beginning we were checking in, it was like an episode of MASH where you were disheveled and distraught and the wave was about to come and it still feels that way it seems like it seems like everyone's acting as if like the first wave is just drifting out and all the cases are gone and we're gonna have a nice summer and yet all the data and numbers maybe some of that's from ramped up testing but even still the number of people still testing positive uh how is it going how's the hospital are you feeling overwhelmed are you feeling like you got it under control do you have enough ppe how you doing we're doing okay at this point like uh yeah those were dark times are you yeah. there it seems like it's lagging out yeah we have a little bit of uh, internet lag unfortunately yeah. hopefully that'll uh somehow solve itself um but, yeah it was so i mean it was like it was scary at the beginning definitely and especially we all kind of thought that all of our colleagues were going to get the disease and then die yeah or at least like you know at least like two people you know out of out of 20 in the of the ER attendings are going to die. Mm-hmm. And like that definitely didn't happen. And luckily it's because using like good, uh, like personal protective equipment and, and distancing yourself from patients and avoiding unnecessary interventions turned out to be really protective. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's worked. I think what we're seeing now is that I think everyone's just getting tired of it and people are trying to, are sick of doing what's difficult and are trying to just go about living their lives in normal fashions. And we're seeing cases tick up in all these places where everyone wants to be free. Yeah, it is the, when you look at the, the charts and uh, how Germany and even Italy and Spain and France and uh, South Korea, virtually every, I mean, New Zealand shutting it down, maybe taking like more drastic measures, but you, we don't get a sense of like, what was the populace like? Like how united did they feel in going like, hey, let's get through this. Here it feels like everyone kind of went, well, we tried and then just slithered back out into doing it. And our chart just looks like we went up and we started coming down and now we've just leveled off and it's slowly starting to go back up. Whereas other countries went significantly down. Like they're, when we talk about lowering the curve or flattening it, all we did was just kind of prohibit it from even being a curve. We're like, oh, well, this is actually more of just kind of a mountain landscape where it's a plateau we're creating. And that's Rockies, embarrassing. Yeah. It's embarrassing, a great right? symbol of American freedom. <laughs> we're going to draw it with our... And it's weird to be flippant about something that it doesn't feel real. Like, you're closer to it. I think when people f- hear the number as we're approaching 125, 130,000 deaths, something that is inconceivable... And yet, it, you know, we, we just go like, well, I, you know, there's a number of senior citizens and you hear a few stories of this type of person or these abnormalities or anomalies of like oh, a younger person it happened to. It, it just still feels like it's not impacting people in an immediate way. You know, comedians could look at someone like Lori Kilmartin who lost her mother and be like, oh, whoa, that's so touching and so first person. But it seems like largely people are like, this is a hoax still. There's still some of that going on. Is that They're what's legitimate. driving it? Yeah. Definitely still hoax. People call it hoax and it's a deep state conspiracy and all that. I mean, but, with, uh, yeah. 
Is that that seems to me why our chart is where it is is because you got people that cared but were kind of bored with it so they wear their mask under their nose or they're always touching their yeah. mask or their face and then they go to public things and not you know obviously the protests were valuable and necessary and, and a pretty like pivotal turning point in American history but also as you're watching it you're like oh no this could be really catastrophic to the to the to people like you like to pe to public health workers who are going to get inundated with new cases potentially and then you just have outright like hoax people that are openly like let me in your business without a mask i deserve to be in there without a mask masks kill people what? <laughs> yeah i can't breathe with this damn mask it's you want to talk about life give me liberty or give me death that's what i'm talking about here you're taking away my yeah. liberty by asking me to wear a mask we're just such a weird collection here yeah it's so bizarre um yeah i do think i think well i think part of it too I think there are huge pockets that were heavily, heavily, heavily affected by, by COVID, uh, and populations are mainly like old, old people who are living in nursing homes or mm -hmm. long-term care facilities, whatever. And so that was the, that's probably the biggest population. And then there's, you know, there was, there was a mass, there's, and it still is a massive amount of, uh, of inequality that plays into it. So people that are, have like 10 people living in a small house, you know, in a small single shared space. That's yeah. where you see those, the, those families get massively affected by it. And you'll have like multiple members of a single family dying from COVID. Yeah. But then, the, but then the rest of everybody else is kind of insulated from it. You know, mm -hmm. and it, it, it is, yeah, it is one of those things where if you have your own space and you can socially isolate, you're fine. Mm-hmm like the, the nursing home thing people bring that up of like well how does it keep getting in there and i think they maybe discredit the workforce and that some of them go back to crowded apartment buildings or like places like you're talking where like maybe they are taking yeah. care of a whole family and you can't account for everyone in your household and then you go to this nursing you feel fine you're an asymptomatic person and yeah. then it just ravages the whole nursing home and that would be a little, I'm sure there are people who are dealing with that of like, hey, my parents are at an insert name of place. Please assure me that your staff is taking precautions. Like, oh, yeah, 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 we definitely are. But then how can you assure yeah. that? You've got There's no way to 200 work. Yeah, there's no way. You have to be testing all your asymptomatic workers uh, like daily. And th there's just not any, anything like that available. Yeah. Most so most tests are still taking several days to get back. Um, we've slowly been able to ramp up uh, um, like rapid testing mm -hmm. and that's still very institution specific like so certain hospitals you can only do rapid testing if people meet very strict criteria and if you, you step outside of it you're really affecting resource utilization and uh, there are other ones where you can just do it and it's, it's pretty nice and when would you it depends yeah. on the hospital so say in a hospital where they're like yeah. hey we, we, we have a finite amount of rapid response who qualifies for that when, when would that be the case um, potentially a lot of it has to do with just making it so that people can leave the er so it'll be like um uh oh they have a this patient needs to go to a, a psychiatric hospital um but we can either keep them in the er and wait three days for a send out test to come back or we could just do this rapid test and have it in a few hours oh uh, last last stuff like that and then different hospitals are testing 
one hospital I work at is testing every single person who gets admitted. Um, and then another hospital is only doing it if it's high suspicion, but then you're still not necessarily doing the rapid test. So yeah, it's a, it still is very inconsistent. But you guys have enough PPE and that, you know, and tests. Those are the two seemingly like critical shortages last time we talked. Yeah. I mean, ideally, ideally you would be testing like almost everybody. Like ideally you would be doing a lot more testing from a public health standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're just, but that kind of has, that cat's kind of out of the bag. Like we're, we're not really in a great I think the U.S. has given up on actually containing spread in the community. Mm-hmm. Like people are trying to slow it by certain measures, but you're not actually going to trace down every case and and uh, fully wipe it out until we get a vaccine. And so, like now, we just test people who are symptomatic or have high risk exposures, and I still think that's inadequate if you want to actually stop the disease. Uh, you know. It's so weird this far into it, the data that comes and changes and a couple of weeks ago, the WHO saying something to the effect of like, it's, it's rare for asymptomatic people to transmit it. And then they clarify that like the next day, like, no, 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 we, our wording was wrong, but that can still happen. How many people come in and that are perplexed? They go, I don't get it. I've been wearing a mask. I've been staying at home. I cannot believe I have this. You've seen a lot of that. Uh, I've seen some of it. The, mm-hmm. the handful of cases and then yeah and then you have plenty of people who test positive and have no symptoms mm-hmm. but they're coming from you know a nursing home or yeah or wherever or they're just getting admitted to the hospital so you're like well i'm going to test them so that people in the hospital are using appropriate uh protective equipment yeah and then they're you're like oh my gosh that, that patient was positive <laughs> there's no there's no and that's why yeah there's no way to clinically say whether any individual has it or doesn't have it or i i guess they're clinically you can make a pretty good determination that somebody has it if they have really clear symptoms and yeah x-ray or ct findings and all that and exposures but to say that somebody doesn't have it without doing an actual test is is virtually is impossible yeah the it's such a weird thing where like with the aids crisis that was terrifying because people were like oh man you know like an outbreak of like herpes or something is noticeable you could be one it would would physically hurt the person that was having the outbreak secondly if you're doing business with them you might see it but then that was terrifying because people were like oh my god having sex with someone that seems totally healthy and I might have put myself at risk. Maybe I got a phone call later saying like, hey, you slept yeah, you with someone. Yeah, might die prematurely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then so now there are elements of that. Like I think on one hand people are like, oh, well, I just got to stay away from people that have a fever and are coughing and maybe they have it's a like, runny nose. Nope. No, you just got to <laughs> stay away from public. Everyone is Everybody, potentially Everybody, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. You got to wear a mask. Yeah. Man, I mean, do you have people coming in to visit is there a threshold when people come over that maybe they are like, oh, you can't take my liberty. I don't need to wear a mask. And then they see the reality of it and change and go, oh yeah, give me a mask. Are you seeing any of that where like it sinks in? Uh, I, I mean, I haven't seen people in the ER saying that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. You see people like with the mask down below their nose, you know, like you were saying, but you know, it's, I haven't seen anybody in the ER refusing to wear it. Okay, good. Um, and they would probably get kicked out mm-hmm. unless they were imminently dying. So why the toleration of the, or the tolerance for the, 
the mask below the nose. So it's like, yeah, you're at least doing something. Like you're, you're. Uh, you'll ask him to. I'll. Yeah. So you will. Going to put it up. Will they yeah. usually do it? Yes. What's yeah. their thinking there? What's the logic there? I don't know. <laughs> Never. Well, sometimes you don't notice it. So all I mean, everyone. Now this has been going on long enough. We're all working. We're all hanging. Like everyone at work is just hanging out and it'll just slip below your nose. You won't even notice it. Mm-hmm. And because the you get, you just get so used to wearing a mask that you're not really noticing where it is. And you're talking to somebody for five minutes. You realize, Oh, they've had their mask below their nose. Yeah. Just cause it's so, I don't know. It's everywhere. And some of the handmade masks, I think I have a, I know someone that was having this experience where constantly touching and readjusting their mask because it didn't quite fit them, but a friend of theirs made it for them. So they didn't want to like hurt their feelings and get a different mask. So I feel like maybe people that are not great at crafting are going to be responsible for some <laughs> transfer of this because you really shouldn't be wearing a mask that you're constantly one. It was real loose on the face to begin with, but then two, like always touching it. I mean, what are you doing? That's yeah. not going to help anything. It's almost impossible though. I'm wearing the surgical mask and I, I have to touch it all, all day, every day. But you're also like, you're using sanitizer a bunch and you're washing your hands a lot too. It's like, yeah, like crazy bathing in it have you had any uh physicians at any of the hospitals that you're at that test positive i i don't think they've been really widespread in sharing it but uh in, in terms of like the actual department telling you but i've, I've known of a couple of people have had it but it definitely has not been nobody who's gotten sick from that i work with professionally uh who, who's gotten like truly sick and um that's good it hasn't been that widespread which is one of those things where like you if if you're working in healthcare and you're exposed to massively symptomatic patients and you're doing these certain protective measures and you're safe they're not crazy protective measures it's largely just like hand hygiene distancing and wearing a mask yeah why aren't people just doing it it's so it's so easy it's such a minimal thing to do uh and it literally will save lives, you know? Yeah. It's crazy that people have politicized it, to, um, that people are so offended at the notion of having to wear a mask to protect others. It's insane. Yeah, if I were the architect of this sort of virus, the U.S. would be an ideal place for it to happen because you would think the logic would be, oh, if this is a hoax they've given us this blueprint to beat this hoax, which is stay six feet away, wear a mask, wash your hands. Let's just do that and show them this stupid thing will go away. Hoax dismissed. But rather they go, I'll show you it's a hoax. I'm going to run over to you while you're in line at Starbucks and cough in your face. Take that hoax person. And then you go, but how is that dismissing it? Weirdo. You're this, if it exists, you're propagating it. And if it doesn't exist then you look like an idiot, so what are you doing? I don't really understand the logic there. And I, I, uh, I think we're all just kind of tearing our hair out at the, the frustrations of how disparate all the angles are that people take toward it. You know, like it doesn't ask a whole lot of you to wash your hands or to stand in line a little further away than you normally would. And yet people just, Oh, you cannot tell me to do this. First, you tell me to wear a seatbelt when I'm driving. I hate that. I shouldn't have to do that. I should be able to drive drunk. I should be able to go into your store without shoes or a shirt. And now you're having me wear a goddamn mask. It's just, I don't really understand the logic. I'm glad to see that it's not really in the hospitals too much. Yeah, 
and we wouldn't you just don't put up it like it's like if you're not gonna respect the safety of our staff you're gonna get kicked out of the er mm-hmm. uh, and yeah i think people are like i do think a lot of times people i feel like are a little they're willing to go along with what the hospital is demanding of them yeah you know? Isn't that kind of always the case where you have, I don't like doctors. And then once they come in, they're kind of like, okay, whatever you want. Sure. Or do you have uh, the people that would normally be like, get this damn needle out of my arm. I'm going home, sir. You can't leave. I'm going. Are there still those types? Yes. And there's, I mean, dude, it's a huge, there's such a huge spectrum. Oh, okay. You have, you have people who are afraid and then they'll go with everything you want. You request, you have people who are afraid and will, out of their fear will refuse to do anything or insist that no 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 i have to go take care of my cat and you're like <laughs> can you get somebody else to take care of him uh, yeah but i gotta go take care of him <laughs> you just find some reason to to refuse it's it, yeah from the early uh I guess, you know, like you, you guys were really worried early on about like homeless people and they were getting tests kind of moving up to the front of the line. And then it just was kind of everybody, everybody and anybody. Cause at that point we were the, everyone was at the club having unprotected sex and then the AIDS epidemic happened and then everyone was going to the doctor and be like, Oh no, I have COVID-18. That's kind of a mixed analogy there if people didn't follow. But the, the, the idea being that like anyone could have had it initially. And now it feels like as we opened up, the tests are maybe a little higher um, percentage-wise than we were expecting, but then people are saying, oh, it's young people. Is that what you're seeing? Because they were maybe the ones more likely to risk it or go like, I'm not going to die from this or go to bars, things like that. Or is it still the whole spectrum of ages and et cetera? Uh, I I, I haven't noticed any major trend like that aside from the nursing home clusters. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and and I've seen the clusters of people who are all stuck living together. Yeah, but I haven't noticed any other general demographic stuff like age or, uh, and I do know a handful of, uh, I have you know a handful of homeless individuals who have had it and things like that. But, um, yeah, there was a, I mean there was an incredible effort uh, out here in um, Worcester, Massachusetts to prepare for um helping out uh with homeless patients that were either potentially exposed or or known exposed or definitely had it mm-hmm. um and there were really incredible efforts that were done which proved to be to a certain degree almost unnecessary like they, they had these massive areas with tons of beds available that did not need to be that didn't reach any anything close to their capacity mm-hmm. but it was pretty it was it was really great to see them take it that seriously and prepare that much for a vulnerable population yeah um but it, it got controlled enough that they were kind of like okay i guess we don't necessarily have to do this anymore that's good yeah. oh man it's last time we were talking about the uh hydroxychloroquine and we didn't know you were like i'm not seeing any benefits but i guess you know it could we'll see we don't know anything and then it took really until this past week two weeks for first the who and then eventually the cdc to be like it's not effective it's not helpful and you had the president pushing it relentlessly and people that have lupus that needed it they're like hey the marketplace has been like you know saturated in one area and we need it it's taken all of our 
desperately needed medication. Uh, and then this dude having these rallies. I know we talked about last time, like what an impediment he is to the solution. But at this point, he's working aggressively against it. It feels like having these rallies, not wearing a mask, suggesting yeah. these ridiculous things like injecting yourself with bleach and or that it'll just go away. Or maybe we should say that we should lower the test, lower the testing numbers. Yeah. What the I mean, if there was a pregnancy epidemic and we we're like, we need to w- figure out how many nurseries we're going to need because we might have 10 million new babies in a county that normally has 10,000 let's figure this out and they go oh don't take pregnancy tests let's get rid of them that just seems how asinine and idiotic that idea is yeah it's obscene yeah with the hydroxychloroquine i mean i honestly don't think people still necessarily have i don't know if there's been a true definitive answer about whether it's effective or not mm-hmm. um and there was a, there were some studies that came out saying it wasn't effective but then they were questioning the actual quality of the data behind it. Um, and I, I haven't been following it too closely aside from that, but it just generally I think that there's a real lack of evidence for or against it. But the idea of just still just outright with no evidence <laughs> saying that people should be taking it is so reckless and absurd. Yeah. And on a population level, there, any individual that were to take that drug would be fine. Uh, but in terms of once you start introducing to a population, then you're really, you know, then you're going to lead to however many unnecessary deaths. Yeah. If you were to just take it, we don't, we'd 99% be fine. But once you start introducing to everybody in LA, you're <laughs> going to have people dying unnecessarily. Yeah. I mean, I've, early, early on, I feel like it was well known that if you had any kind of a heart ailment, you should avoid it. And then, yeah, there, yeah it can cause like it can cause arrhythmias uh i it's pretty it's probably really quite rare to actually cause that arrhythmia mm-hmm. but it's a it's certainly a possibility and that's mainly when it's in combination with other meds or if you have a underlying uh, abnormal abnormality that there's a good chance you wouldn't even know you had it unless you could have a screening ekg yeah um but yeah in general it's just it's just it's, obscene to be recommending it without any actual evidence <laughs> I, I, I'm, I don't know if we're all like this but i feel like we all kind of do think that like well everyone's kind of like me we're all gonna take a little bit of a skeptical eye to whatever we're told and and then you hear about someone like a couple digging through their closet and finding a box that for cleaning out a, a fish tank that has hydroxychloroquine yeah. in it both agreeing we should take it the president said this could work. and they both and then the guy dies immediately and then you see footage of people in florida yelling at doctors going i, I don't think you know what you're talking about the devil's at work right now and all this weird stuff i saw that video today <laughs> just bananas where you're like talking oh, about like 5g in the deep state <laughs> yeah, Hillary bill gates and, and bill gates yeah they're all at the, work so one of the craziest theories and i think we talked about this last time that like would have been a perfect time for conspiracy theorists to say like there's a yeah, virus no, brewing. Still, i have used that a bunch now because <laughs> um, i think i thought that was such a funny point <laughs> like they, the conspiracy theorists totally missed their chance yeah it's such an incredible <laughs> opportunity to be like yeah well there's a crazy virus <laughs> growing in wuhan china that's gonna kill millions sure thing yeah, right. tinfoil so hat <laughs> yeah 
Shut up, Bob. <laughs> and then they just skipped that and went right to this. But that, I mean, the 5G and Bill Gates <laughs> and the Clintons in China all working together and Harvard University and they've created Whoa. this thing and so asinine but i guess getting back to like i don't feel like we're all the same now i don't feel like people look at stuff with a kind of analytical eye i and i've always had a fairly negative or cynical look at humanity i think but i think you have to this is proven more than ever you have to be very careful because calls to poison control went up a thousand percent after he suggested maybe putting bleach so people are not as bright as we want to give them credit for and maybe all this goes back to just we need to really put some more thought into how we approach education in our country what's the same it's very it's very reminiscent of just how trump got elected in the first place Mm -hmm. and it's just like what country are we in yeah. like you right you just had such this incredible sense of disillusionment when it happened you're just you're like what just happened <laughs> what's the country i'm living in where people somehow are actually voted this guy into office this is so astounding and yeah. then um and then you start seeing people crowd of the woodwork on facebook getting more and more brazen with their insane comments yeah you know, it's just it's the same thing. It was just like, man, what country do we live in where there are just so many people ruining it for everybody? <laughs> I remember when John Cleese and this, there were so many things like this that came out, but this was pre-election, but even that he was polling or kind of trending, looking like he was competitive. And John Cleese was like, America, like pleading, like America, the rest of the world wants to emulate you. You have brilliant scholars. You have the most amazing institutions in the world for education, the laboratories, the space program, the things that you do there are unparalleled. The, The advancements, the inventions, you're some of the brightest minds, some of the most amazing thinkers. Your country has produced a lot of them, and we see that around the rest of the world. And for you to even tolerate a buffoon and a bigot and this orange bloated idiot who tells you believe me over and over sexual predator yeah and hearing it come from someone else was was oddly like more impactful because we all kind of knew that but then i would think like are we are we inflating ourselves with a false sense of who we really are and maybe this is who we are maybe we are this mayonnaise sandwich backyard truck racing cockfighting sort of hillbilly deluxe kind of country and it feels like that's what all these rallies are, led by the guy that's the least of that. This, you know, penthouse, silver spoon yeah. sort of individual. It's so insane that he's able to convince, <laughs> convince them that he's somehow on their side. Yeah. Ugh. It does feel like, I, people say that over and over again, that it just feels like an alternate reality or something like that. But, but, but at the same time, the reality is he lost the popular vote by quite a bit. He only won by a very small electoral college or you know a very small margin within the electoral yeah college this in the states that actually got him to that 270 yeah um yeah i i I don't think i think it he doesn't actually necessarily represent he definitely doesn't represent the majority of our country no Uh, but it is distressing as hell that he represents such a major part i think if nothing else it, it illuminated 100% of who those people are because none of them felt it was necessary to sit in the shadows anymore. They, they not only felt comfortable coming out, I feel like they felt a call to duty to like, I have to go show I'm on this side. They finally get 
somebody who could stand up for the Confederate flag reflecting states' rights rather than reflecting slavery. Yeah. It's about states' rights. <laughs> about states' rights. It's not about slavery. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's about, it's about states' rights to own slaves. <laughs> I know. The, the, the circular gave all those people a voice. Yeah, it did. Increased and power. a very clever way to do it, too, without... You know, because there's always kind of this wink, wink. Like a friend of mine was on jury duty and uh, the guy was uh, p- picked out by the victims. It was a woman whose uh, partner had left for the night and this guy came in their garage and like attacked her and she ran out the front door and sprinted down the street to a neighbor. But they were like kind of, you know, looking at her through a lens of like, are you sure you know who it was? This all happened pretty quickly. Are you sure you got a good look? And she was like, he has a swastika tattoo on his calf. I saw that and I know it because when my boyfriend and I go for walks around our neighborhood, that guy's always there and he looks at us really weird. So I knew instantly it was him in our house. And that's kind of a minor detail. But my friend was like, that was critical because at the trial, they had him roll up his leg and he had gotten like a Ghostbusters cross out sign through it so like no swastikas swastikas are bad but then the next level to that is that like that's a common thing in prison like you keep it visible and you pretend to cross it out and that's a sign of like we're still with you and that mm. seems to really be a common feel that's happening currently you can say like we love black people that's our whole thing we love and then yeah. every action you undertake goes defiantly against that notion and people go no no no. we we love gay people we just passed this legislation and then you know don't judge us by what we do trust us we love them yep yep defending uh defending like confederate named uh army army bases yeah despite the mil like despite the military not leadership not really having strong opinions on it right or or vocally saying let's change it I would imagine most fans of the Washington Redskins, oof, you know, uh, the running rebels, places like this would be like, it's fine. I used to tell this joke when I first started doing stand up about how the General Lee having a Confederate flag on the top and being on network primetime television was the equivalent of like everybody loves Raymond and one of the main characters wearing like a swastika on their shirt and everyone just being like, eh, it's just who that, that's just part of the show. It's no big deal. It's history. Just it's our just, global history. It's just global history. It was, it was just looked at as such like a, eh, that's nothing. That's no big deal. That's minor. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Well, it, cause, cause part of it is, is, I mean, I don't, I like my sister watched that show a lot, but when you're young, you don't really know, you have no idea what that, what that's re- uh, representing when you're a kid right and then at the same time it's also not even a focal point of the show as, as far as i know it's just no. kind of like oh that's just a natural yeah. thing of the characters they're not actually like talking about the confederacy or anything like that right yeah they're, and there were black you know? characters that came through the show and they were good and bad guys you know a lot of times they'd help them do boys uh and they they were good never like yeah just some good old boys they were never uh I feel like having the the attachment to like you can't take the Confederate flag off the General Lee is just the most vocal Dukes of Hazard fan in the same way that like if there were people that were like you have to keep it the Washington Redskins is a small percentage but they're very vocal but it's certainly not a hundred percent and realistically it's probably not even fifty I bet most yeah. people are like yeah I'd be comfortable if they changed it what's yeah. what's powerful about a rebel 
it's in Star Wars, it's cool. Maybe we change our mascot to look like that, but we're not these kind of rebels. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, kind of Star cool. Wars theme team. Yeah. Anyway, man, medicine. You're you're moving. You're changing. Going from Massachusetts to Minnesota. Yeah. Cold to colder. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> lovely. Have you heard? I, I think that's one of the, what's one of the funny things. People all thought that with the warmer weather, it would be it would get better. Yeah. And like, then you look at two of our hottest states. It's getting worse. Maybe that's Three. It's so hot down there. They're spending time indoors actually now. Florida, Texas, and Arizona all doing yeah. terribly. Maybe they're just spending more time indoors because it's so hot. I don't know. But then when cases go down, if they were indoors, or you're saying they're congregating indoors together, like at bars and stuff. Yeah, just like yeah. how in the uh, how in like the Northeast, everyone was indoors during this, the late winter months when it was when it was really. Peaking. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Maybe that's the, the theory. I don't know. Could be. Yeah, I, I love all the governors that are like. I don't even know what it's the equivalent to as far as an analogy of them. Like if you were managing little gerbils in a cage, but there was also like a vat of oil on one end of it and then a roaring fire on the other end. And you'd be like, okay, I think this fire is going to go out. I just got to keep these gerbils alive in here. I probably shouldn't open that oil vat, but they love the oil. They love to swim in it. They love to drink it. They love to splash it on their faces. I hate to keep them from it. I'll tell you what. I'm going to let them sit for like two hours and just let them know, like, this is what you're supposed to do. I mean business, but I think it's a friggin' hoax. This fire is a hologram. That's not real. Guys, I'm opening up the oil, but hear me out. Do not put it on your face and go near that fire. And then every dribble's like, we love oil, we love fire. And that's how the governors must feel right now. It's just watching all the dribbles <laughs> engulfed in flames, catching each other on fire. Like, no, stay away from the fire and each other. And also the oil, please. And they're just like, it's too late, buddy. We're, we, this America. is <laughs> I think that's accurate. It's close. It feels kind of close. I'm no governor. <laughs> I know. But. I can empathize with that feeling of helplessness because all they can really do is maybe hold a press conference or tweet like, guys, I know I said this wasn't that serious. Please wear a mask. And the gerbils are like, dude, I am drenched in oil. This is it's too far at this point. Yeah. But, but that's also, one of the, I feel like the governors are like Cuomo got an incredible amount of attention early on. Um, and governors are certainly getting more of a highlight spotlight during this, but it's still just one of those things where it comes down to like most people pay very little attention to politics or political leadership. And if they do, they mainly are just paying attention at a federal level, yeah, national level. So it's, it's all about like Trump's lack of leadership and Trump's mixed messages and of not wearing masks you know, oh man, that, that if the media saw him wearing a mask, <laughs> wow. Yeah, there was a. They would brave almost photo. say, "Wow, he did he did a responsible thing today." <laughs> you can't have the media. You can't have the media saying that, right? Trump protecting others and protecting himself. You can't. You can't have images. That'd be terrible. That's fake. That's terrible stuff. That's uh, enemy of the people type stuff. Can't have that getting out. Yeah. It would just. Uh, it would discredit everything. Remember when you were a kid and like, or at any point in your life and someone would be like, here's the state of America. More people can name all the players on their 
basketball team's bench or their favorite football team's third stream quarterback than they can their senator of this state or whatever. Imagine being a kid in school right now and having to keep track of like the national security advisors just in the last few years or things like that. It's just such a ridiculous collection of people. Even if you're really up on it, you'll hear a name and go, what? Who is that? Oh, they're the inspector general for this branch of where I can't keep up with all this shit. It's just too much. He got let go for, uh, you know, because people lost confidence in him. Mm -hmm. Oh, and he was investigating uh, Bill Barr. Yeah. Oh, man. Are you are, are you still like enthusiastic? I mean, do you do you look forward when you're in there and someone comes in and they're like, "Ow, oh, my stomach!" And you're like, "Thank God, no, I don't." I'm sick of swabbing people's noses. I want to I want to practice some original medicine. Stomach could be COVID too, and they could, <laughs> you know, same. Yeah, I don't know. It, I the, I have been working so actual, so little the last few months. Really? Because everybody, the volume is the ER volume is, has plummeted. Um, so they're canceling a ton of shifts. It's like I was supposed to be working today. I was originally scheduled, but, uh, uh, one of us, uh, was like called off and they, they called me off cause the other two are better doctors. <laughs> but, <laughs> is that just a byproduct of Massachusetts and Worcester doing a good job of s- distancing and spreading, et cetera? Yeah, yeah, and yeah, and and people have been very responsible about not coming into the ER. Mm-hmm. And then, well, I mean, one of the signs that, like, a few weeks ago, when we were like, "Oh yeah, things are starting to get better," because now we're starting to see our regulars who would always come in like drunk or with their chronic, unexplained abdominal pain or whatever that have been all home for the last few months and you know things are getting back to normal now that we're seeing them again <laughs> that was the reassuring what a weird barometer to gauge it from like ah great jeff's back and we know everything's fine that guy felt comfortable enough to come in here and complain about a slight ringing in his ear where everything's fine exactly <laughs> he's been here 300 times for this <laughs> oh. exactly do you, so yeah. what are your thoughts on the because i i feel like this first wave is not done you know, but people are going like, we got to brace for the second wave. Do you have projections or thoughts? Do you not spend much time thinking about it? I just, I just think it's going to be around at lingering levels for a very long time until we get a vaccine. And then as far um, as vaccine goes, you know, this administration saying like, we'll have it by the end of the year, whereas 14, maybe to 18 months was kind of the standard prior to that. Does that worry you that they were like cut some red tape? to just sort of jam through like, well, in human trials, everything looks okay. We need four more months yeah. to be sure. And them going, just send it out. And then everyone ends up with boils and goiters and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. I was, I'm in a normal, in a normal administration. even like, if it was like Bush, I would trust it. Mm-hmm. But in this administration, I wouldn't trust anything given, given, uh, given the clear influence that he has had, at major levels of, of the government, you know, like, yeah. um, the CDC had to like change some of its guidelines or make a statement about hydroxychloroquine after it found out that Trump's personal physician had irresponsibly been giving it to him. Yeah. And they're like, well, no, no, our statement is that, you know, it can be up to the patient and the doctor and this and that and that. And it's like, I don't trust, trust that uh, a vaccine is going to be done properly because I just don't think they do things properly. 
to do something ru- in a rushed manner, not thought out, and yeah, without appropriate quality controls. So I'd be, I would actually be nervous uh, if it came out during Trump's presidency. If it came out next spring when Biden's president, I'll be. I would trust it at that point. <laughs> I have one thought and one question. The thought being, I think everyone should prepare themselves for a situation where um, Trump, more than anybody else, but like this administration really loves never acknowledge failure, always celebrate any success. So mm-hmm. the stock market plummets, has all the CEOs come out and have this weird sort of, hey, here's what we're going to do. Most of that they don't follow through on. And then he... Uh, the next day the stock market goes up he signs a stock market printout and sends it to lou dobbs look how good i am look at look at this the greatest rise in stock market history so ignoring two days before and and just focusing on the good and then yeah. three weeks ago and his quote was this is might be the greatest day in american history we're inching at a hundred thousand deaths at that point but somehow or another the jobs report came out and said that two million jobs had been created in that past month which yeah despite uh, it's still being like a record number of of unemployment yeah and every economist being like this doesn't check out at all what did someone cook the books here this feels weird but he's so excited about that in the midst of 35 at that point million people being out of work the fact that two million potentially scrambled into some new form of employment was maybe the greatest day in history so if great day great day for uh george floyd yeah, yeah, great day. Really great day for him. The uh, the vaccine gets expedited, rushed out October 27th, and people start feeling better, and polls open, and he wins and celebrates, I did this. No one's Undoubtedly, he would celebrate that. That's got to be what he's rooting for. I did what no one else could do. I brought you yeah. this vaccine, even though I refuse to wear a mask. So I think that's a scenario people have to prepare themselves for, and then right yes. around February or March, when the side effects start kicking in, we really yeah. we settle in for four more years of this, but now we all have like lazy eyes and goiters yeah. and a crooked then hand. Then it sets up it furthers mistrust in uh, vaccines in general right which is already a big enough issue yeah i know i keep uh, getting mad at, uh was it orson wells or hg wells that did the war of the worlds i think orson wells? wells i don't know yeah um, uh but that that, that, that was a, like a hoax so now people going anything could be a hoax so i get kind of mad that someone actually did this sort of fake aliens had invaded thing and it it lived through generations of humans being like trust nothing i fell for it and my genes have passed along to you and we're a gullible line of people friend just believe me son we're gullible tell your son as well or daughter <laughs> we fell for the war of the worlds do not fall for another hoax again not in our family never <laughs> that would be a very i would i would be very worried about that scenario and especially that it comes out before it has any time to actually prove effectiveness right it comes out at a time that uh potentially helps them get reelected, and then it would just even bring into further doubt the actual efficacy of it because right. the timing of it would be like so suspect yeah um yeah uh i guess my other thought going way back to like how long how do i see this playing out is the only other thing would be there is such a high rate of asymptomatic transmission yeah and there's a, and there's also a high rate of um 
people being basically asymptomatic or very mildly symptomatic and then getting better Mm -hmm. that it might actually be a lot more widespread than we know yeah and we'll get herd immunity at some point in the next year and a half or two yeah the cdc today saying that and i think probably the most like dan patrick kind of cold-hearted keep the economy going people are like look people in nursing homes got to go at some point we got to keep this economy moving everyone else seems to struggle through it okay and then it's just people that have immunocompromised whether that's you know a lifelong thing or temporarily you know whether they're going through cancer treatment or whatever like hey you assholes please please don't behave this way please don't act yeah. like we're just going to march through it like it's a regular flu and every year plan to lose a couple hundred thousand people so that's a a worrying scenario yeah and i mean it would be so much more than a couple it would have been so much more than a couple hundred thousand if people hadn't taken the steps they did yeah um and even with incredibly drastic steps which obviously weren't far enough. Uh, you still had ICUs reaching near capacity. Uh, you had New York City uh, dramatically overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Boston, we kind of went right up to the peak, and then we and then it slowly eased off. I was like, all right, yeah, we're good. All right, we made it through. Yeah, we never got reached that that really ugly, nasty zone. California is at a statewide level testing higher per day than they kind of have throughout this ordeal. But there's not a, a talk of, uh, but it, and even though we're having more positive cases, there's not any talk of shutting back down, at least right away. And it, and it doesn't seem like the hospitals are overwhelmed. And it, I wonder if it's because of that, that so many people are like, I don't even feel bad. I just tested positive, but like, I feel okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people, the vast majority of people are going to be totally fine, right? It's like, it's still maybe like a, one one or two percent mortality mm-hmm. but it's one of, it is one of those things where if everybody got sick at the same time the hospital would be incredibly overwhelmed you'd have a lot more people dying yeah when you hear yeah. about the scenarios in new york with we're running out of ventilators and then we have some garden hose and these kind of crazy yeah Italy. oh man we we're all preparing for like how to keep four people on one ventilator it's <laughs> <laughs> <was> like oh <laughs> Uh, that didn't happen. <laughs> does, okay. When they talk about a second wave, though, is that a fear, or does it feel like like what you just said? Most people are going to experience mild symptoms, and you just hope the people that were the most susceptible to it are are taking the precautions so they're not fighting over that ventilator. I think, I think most most of us in the ER are just kind of thinking that there's not really going to be a true like a, a true noticeable second wave that's actually gonna affect our work that much like we're just kind of thinking that we're probably gonna be having to wear masks all day every day and take all sorts of extra safety precautions for the next however many years as this slowly lingers on and we'll see little peaks here and there and then eventually there'll be a vaccine and that'll hopefully lead to the end of it man it is so weirdly similar to our level of empathy for things that we don't take into consideration or do and go like, well, what are you going to do about it? Meaning migrant workers, people mad at them, you know, they shouldn't come here and yet they're picking lettuce out of a field all day and scorching heat and living in awful conditions and people go, okay, well you want to get rid of them. You go replace them. I'm not doing that. There's no way I would do that. Okay. Well then just allow this scenario to exist and it's already atrocious human liberties and just, um, overall treatment. Uh, 
I don't know what I'm trying to say there, but just allow the situation to exist in a way where like, we're all comfortable with this thing that is a civil rights atrocity, basically. Yeah. We all just kind of get gather at like the more that, that things go on, the more comfortable we get, the more apathetic we get to it. Mm-hmm. And then you um, look at the mask yeah. thing and we're asking the average person to wear it for an hour a day. That means if you go on a walk outside or if you go into public, maybe you get some groceries can you do that? And can you wear that mask? And they go, no way. And then by you not doing that, you're asking all doctors and physicians to wear a mask full time for 12 hours straight. You guys have become sort of the migrant workers in this scenario. And that like, no one's thinking about your feelings in this, in, in their selfishness. Yeah. Yeah. I, just, I think people are, apathetic uh, you know I think there's certainly most I feel like a lot of the people who don't want to wear masks just lack any sort of sense of uh, of responsibility or uh, or a sense of how their their actions might affect others mm-hmm. I, my thought or just don't uh, care this, it's I'd crazy love, I'd love to see some research on this I, my theory my hypothesis is that Every single person who doesn't wear a mask has never gotten the highest score on a test in their life, in anything. (laughs) (laughs) I think think if you've done that once, then you know it's possible and you know it's real. And you're like, oh, wow, okay. And you're kind of sheepish, like, oh, I did that. And then maybe the next time you studied really hard and you felt like you did the best and then someone else in the class did it and you're like, wow, good for you. I know it's real. I know you definitely earned it. This isn't the teacher arbitrarily giving out these grades, but I think the no mask people, the you're a sheep people have never experienced that. So they feel like I should have, I, sh- I am the smartest. It was always the system against me. That's, I, I, I really want to dig into that. So if anyone can <laughs> qualify or quantify that for me, I'd love to see some hard data. Incredible poll. <laughs> Do you wear a mask? Have you ever gotten first the best score on any test at any, at any point in your life? Any test, any time. We all know not, not many of you are real strong spellers. Uh, so that's probably out of the question, but you know, maybe at some point along the way they did well in some other field, some other subject, but my thinking is no. I don't think they have. It doesn't mean they're dumb. doesn't mean they're not as smart as everyone, although I think they are not. Uh, <laughs> I think, you, yes, I don't, I don't think, I, I, there are a lot of uh, absurd beliefs out there that I think can be intelligent and, ha- and hold. I don't think avoiding masks is compatible with being remotely <laughs> intelligent. <laughs> I think for myself, the wool's been pulled off my eyes. I read 1984, which every student in high school in the United States is required to do. Think about that, you sheep. It's required reading. And this is like their go-to, like they read the Anarchist Cookbook or something. I don't get it. Oh, these maniacs. Are there any doctors in your field that are like, you know, kind of, hey man, keep it great? keep it great that's in like keep america great yeah yeah again. do you have any of those like oh you softies oh for god's sake oh these these friggin libs wearing their masks you have any doctors not like doctors that? never not okay. doctors but like um there i know of like i know of uh at least story of like a, stories of like a nurse and a physician assistant who hold those views there i did know uh, there was a um, 
uh, doc from my hometown in central Wisconsin who was like founded at a Liberty protest in, in central Wisconsin, you know? Oh my gosh. But like, uh, my dad knew him and was pretty sure it was just cause he was upset that his business had been like, like less people had been going into the hospital. So he wasn't making as much money. He didn't, uh-huh. he didn't actually care about the Liberty. <laughs> Which would, that would be consistent with he's smart, but he's just an, <laughs> not a good guy. <laughs> But I don't think you can be legitimately intelligent and not be completely brainwashed and think that yeah. wearing a mask is bad. Yeah, I agree. I think it's just such a weird thing to do to see how much tangible proof do you need? You can see live footage into hospitals. If this were a hoax, my thing is that if this were a hoax, whoever is in charge of it deserves to be in charge of the world because it's really well done. It's, it'd be incredible. It's just yeah. an unbelievable orchestration. You're like what, You got that many people in on it? That's good for you. There's no amount of money that could have attained all that. How'd you do it? There's one, there's one interesting thing I heard somewhere might have even been from you but that that'd be weird because that'd be the first interesting thing i'd heard so, uh, no, just, no, how uh, dare you this interview's ended folks uh just, <laughs> i love how they do that on news everything on news these days is about uh owning someone get it over with and then one person makes a good point and they go okay well thanks for stopping by and uh <laughs> patrick hughes ladies and gentlemen uh no go ahead the the somebody I, I heard was saying that basically like conspiracy theorists basically it, it's almost easier to say that the all the crazy stuff that's occurring is being controlled by some like greater force that's that's like controlling it and and making the situation happen rather than kind of acknowledging the lack of control and that oh no yeah it just happens yeah um and and that it's actually is a bit random and there's not some overseeing deep state that's affecting it all and driving it all. It's actually just shit luck and a lack of adults in the room that, that lead to it happening. That makes the most sense to me. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's silly that weird coincidences happen and that must be some sort of logic or reason for like meaning and this thing being benevolent and looking after, you know, whatever. And then the other side of it, like, why would that happen? That same sort of entity, but maybe a bad one, must have gotten their hands on the wheel and they steered it this way. It just yeah, can't exactly. be the, the just pure randomness of every interaction that's ever happened, every gene propagation, every adaptation or mutation, every slight change that led to this. And I think that's why people get so excited about like alternate realities or simulation type things is just the the number of forks and branches that happen you know 2020 has been crazy i mean kobe bryant dying that was a huge like globally well-known person and people can't wrap their heads around that like whoa, whoa, whoa those people don't die we know them forever they always uh, most especially nba legends like Shaq said that he was like all the old guys are still alive. There aren't a lot of NBA legends that aren't still around. Yeah. So then people start going like, oh, the simulation's off. Something's not making sense here. They can't really wrap their heads around like, it's just purely randomness. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, or there's some other, yeah, there's some other deep, deep conspiracy that controlled it. Right. It's like, nope. 
There's a certain number of helicopter rides that are going to result in a crash. If you had your finger on it, if you're doing it, what's one that you would think would make a big splash? I mean, you could obviously send nuclear weapons from one nation to another, but I mean just like on a personal level like that. What building could you topple? What person could you eliminate? In what way that the whole planet would kind of be like, what? That's not supposed to happen. Um... Um... I'm trying to think of like the actress from Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> Meryl Streep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if Meryl Streep went, that's what it would be. <laughs> See, I don't think it would be that crazy. I think it would be crazier and would like throw off the rhythm of stuff if she came out and said she was like a Wiccan or a something that people were like, man, 2020, this is Wiccan. I would be like, yeah, of course she's a Wiccan. <laughs> I, I couldn't even remember her name. <laughs> Like J.K. Rowling doing all her weird trans stuff feels very 2020. Like, why do you need to say that? Even if you believe it, wh- what compels you to share such a weird feeling or thought or stance on shit? It's just so unnecessary and it just feels like, oh, the, the makers of the game have decided to roll out this thing. And that, I get why people feel that way because the randomness of it just feels so unpredictably strange. Like, this is now what we're dealing with? Oh, Elon Musk is a coronavirus is a hoax guy. What is happening? There's things that just don't say, how can you be smart enough to design PayPal and electronic cars and have a space program and a tunneling under the earth system? And then also be like, you don't need to wear masks. Everyone will be okay. Crazy to me. Crazy. He also like named his kid some letters and symbols. (laughs) Like, That, you know, there's some loose stuff up there for sure. Yeah, he's just trying too hard. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. He's just trying just to trying be like, trying to be weird and unique and interesting. I don't, yeah. I don't buy it. Way better if he just named his kid something generic, you know? Yeah. That'd be so much more remarkable. Right. If he named his kid like Al. Or if it just rhymed with Musk. Oh, yeah. You know, that'd be funny. Tusk. Tusk Musk? How's little Tusky doing? Everyone would be like, man, Elon Musk is kind of funny. His kid's name is Tusk? I like it. Tusk Musk. <laughs> I think yeah, maybe it's a bizarre year. It's just bizarre. It just, I think that's why people... Maybe it's just more fun, too. I think it's just in jest. Because people just go like, yeah, all right. The randomness of it all. It's more fun to think about, like, what next? What could you possibly predict? Because maybe that's it. We always feel like we can kind of predict. The president will kind of look and act like this. The years will go by like this. The 4th of July. Especially just specific to um, being an American. Yeah. Christmas will yeah. be like this. You just get a feel for, like, year after year of your life. Yeah. And then in the last Unless- year, that is happening absolutely every year you're just kind of like what is going to be next yeah so maybe it's a west world thing we almost went to nuclear war earlier this year oh and we'll do it again or not nuclear war but we also went into a war so yeah i mean remember that like that's how weird this year is like a week will ramp by and then you'll be like i remember last week when we were on the like the thinnest thread of almost having nuclear war with iran and then it just went away. It just weirdly just was like, okay, that's it. Blew up a plane full of Canadians, oddly. Shout, shout outs to anyone affected by that sincerely. Because that, that's horrific that 76 people 
lost their lives because our idiot guy and their idiot guy had to like waggle around their genitalia at each other. Horrific. Then there was an impeachment earlier this year. <laughs> an impeachment. Whew, it has been quite a time. I don't yeah. think anyone will miss it. I think, you know, like you can already get a feel for what it would be like with anyone else. Like, so if Biden is the guy, which I, at this point it'd be a miracle if it's something else, but heaven forbid his health doesn't hold up or something. Uh, but if he's the guy, it's just been kind of nice. You very rarely hear about him or from him. And everyone looks at that as like, he's losing his campaign. He should be out there yelling in the streets every day. I think it's the most romantic thing that's happening. It's just like, ah, <laughs> there's just a guy quietly going about his business. Keep it up, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. Not obnoxious, not saying obscene, really offensive things. Yeah. But then acting offended at everything else. And, it's so weird if you look on Twitter at the trending stuff and you'll see a thing that says like red lights happen in all caps. And then you're just instantly like, all right, how would he have folded that term into a tweet that is trending and you know who did it, but you just don't know the context of it. And then sure enough, you click on it and it's a tweet from the president that somewhere in there throws out that term and you're like, I just want that to go away. I just want this weird feeling where we know who did what and who everyone's talking about at all times to disappear. You know, what's going to happen is like Biden's going to win. COVID's going to get under control. The economy's going to start to climb. And then everyone's going to say it's because of how Trump set it up for him. <laughs> right. That's, that's going to go. That's been going on and will go on from all of, all of time though, won't it? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It'll be I don't care. I don't care what the new arguments are as long as this orange dude is not around. I I I feel like I'll be fine. And maybe I'll regret those words later cuz like this new guy eats human hair. And I'm like if it's not on the news every day, I can deal with that. As long as it's not off of a living head, if he cuts it first, I'm I I'm fine. Yeah, I'd I'd live with that. Yeah. I'd be okay with that. As long as it's not a bigot. Right, yeah. It's, oh, is, is he racist when he's eating his hair? No? Chew away. Go nuts. You can have some of mine. I'll send you some hair. I appreciate the lack of racism. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, That's exactly sir. how I feel about it. That's what, Those have been my thoughts percolating in my head, too. Nice. As long as he's not eating hair directly off somebody's head. <laughs> I think we're all thinking that at all times. Yeah. That's uh, my bumper sticker, you know? <laughs> Chew as much hair as you like. Just don't be racist. And people honk at you. I'm with you. I'm taking that Finally. as well. <laughs> Finally someone gets it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, by this time next week, you'll be in Minnesota, right? Yep. Holy crap. And then when do you start at the hospital there? Uh... Two weeks. Oh, you got yeah. it. Nice two weeks to settle in, move in, get situated. Yep. And then boom. It'll right be nice. Like I'm, yeah. With all the shits being done, I've already basically been on light vacation. Cool. You know? Yeah. The last couple months. Are you Everyone's, still yeah. still hitting up that lathe? Oh yeah. Nice. I made this. Let me grab it. One of the PAs I work with coerced me into making him a mini baseball bat cool so i made this little thing today wait hang on 
it's just a little snapshot of it. That is a pod podak. Yeah. And then, yeah, I made all the other PAs. I worked with a bunch of little, little gifts. That away. Nice. Now you'll be in the, the wooded areas of Minnesota making oh, yeah. wood wooden tools and things lathe gifts lathe, yeah. lathe capital of the world yeah you have to grow that beard back yeah absolutely nice man um are you gonna miss all of your fellow physicians oh yeah yeah i mean it's such like a lot of the people are people who trained me and then uh i've now gotten to work along in the first couple of years as a attending and they continue to like teaching a lot all along the way cool um there's a bunch of friends out here you know yeah but the actual work environments are not always the greatest and it'll be pretty awesome to get back to minnesota well i'm looking forward to seeing you there i, I imagine we'll uh with er's parents being there we'll we'll be we'll be seeing you guys more hopefully assuming yeah. this damn virus goes away i know yeah you guys will have to do a road trip maybe yeah i guess that even then be. we can't really hang out because and i'll be working and you know yeah we'll still just live at your house we'll just come hang out and then when you guys get home from work cool. we'll be like oh you're back hello that'd be awesome <laughs> yeah, i think i mean hopefully by this time next year it'll be under control oh man i hope so it's so weird when it first out. started everyone kind of just saying like there's no guarantee you know they never found a vaccine for sars one or you know like there's no guaranteed that this is going to become something we manage or tackle you're like oh god so we could just have this for the rest of our lives so i am really hoping that uh, yeah in the next six months or so i mean it's wishful thinking but by this time next year that everyone's like remember coronavirus oh, that was weird that'd be incredible yeah well glad you're on the front line helping to fight it and um i hope it stays relaxed and even if the second wave comes that it still like doesn't overwhelm the beds in the icu yeah it will be all right at this point cool dude all right man stay safe good good catching up thanks bud you take your easy all right all right you too later dude. all right see you man well he's off with his wife to uh greener pastures in minnesota i hope things go well there i guess we'll check in again see what it's like there also but it's good to know that ppe and tests and the staffs in general at hospitals seem to be taking great care of themselves and each other so that uh alleviates some of the concern i mean as cases and go up every single day uh, and beds are maybe going to start to become a little bit at a premium you know i know it's probably testing a little bit higher in young people but all these things are changing all the time we're finding out more it's just nice to check in with someone on the ground floor and find out that um so far it is manageable but stay safe take care of yourselves wear a goddamn mask i don't know why people still need to be told that you are not a not sheep you're not clever you didn't you haven't you can tell you are not a sheep by the amount of books you've read and you get a sense from these i'm not a sheep people that they're more of a youtube crowd and less of a book crowd so really assess yourself honestly when you are deciding whether you are a sheep or not a sheep have you read 200 books in your life or have you watched 200 youtube videos or 200 hours of youtube video I, I think one of them gives you a better chance of at least uh, 
having the wool pulled off of your eyes and or you just being a little thick and looking to make connections that you never were quite great at in school and these are other people connecting them for you and you going, yeah, oh, this makes sense uh, without doing further research yourself. So watch your YouTube videos, get your tinfoil hat on, but then go research these things secondarily and in a tertiary manner as well to the point where you really know beyond just someone sitting at their desk at home recording themselves going, here's, here's what they don't want you to know. Anyway, I digress, but wear a mask. People are counting on it. People like Ashley in Australia, Dan's wife, undergoing chemotherapy for brain cancer, Gene Hospod, who just underwent a double mastectomy. There are people roaming around who you might not recognize as being immunocompromised. So be a, be a buddy. Be a friend. Wear a mask. I can't emphasize that enough. Be good to each other. Be kind. Thanks for supporting the show. Uh, thanks to Rob for the theme song. Here's a song by Nicole Adkins. It's called AM Gold. It's off an album called Italian Ice. Put a link to it on the page. Check it out. Thanks again for those of you who do support the show on Patreon and otherwise, whether that's telling a friend or suggesting guests or whatnot. I don't know. Enjoy the song. Thanks for stopping by the Space Cave.